got a new book out enemy at the gates mitch rap novel kyle how's it going today it's going great how are you uh, i'm doing great i'm doing great every time i could talk books talk with authors pick at their brains a little bit and just have a nice interview it's a great day so let's talk Good. let's l- yeah. let's talk about you let's talk about something new you have a book out enemy at the <laughs> gates but what else is going on in your life Let's talk uh, about that. How are you researching these books with everything going on in the world? Uh, yeah, that was a little challenging with Enemy at the Gates. I actually, I had set Mitch's partner to have a house in uh, South Africa where he'd kind of gotten her out of the way because she had a lot of enemies. So I went back to that during COVID because you couldn't travel. And I had lived in South Africa. Um, and so I could do it from memory. But now I'm able, obviously, we can get around a little more. And I kind of split my time between Jackson Hole, Wyoming and Granada, Spain. And right now I'm in Spain. I do kind of one year in one place and one year in the other. You know, you are a well-traveled person, uh, you know, with with everything going on in your life and, and everything in the world and the world of books. How do you get away from this writing? When you get outdoors, can you just shut it off for a little while? Yeah, typically I can. You know, I mean, when I was a rock climber, I could really do it because nothing in my life has ever focused me like that. I mean, it's all, I mean, it's just like your world kind of crams into like 10 feet uh, when you're climbing. And now I don't do that really anymore. I've gotten a little old. So now it's more, you know, backcountry skiing and mountain biking and trail running and things like that. But again, it's, it's a great way to sort of cleanse your mind. You know, there's nothing around you and nobody around you, nobody talking at you. And you can sort of sometimes blank out your mind, but sometimes it also gives you time to think about what you're going to do next. You know, mountain climbing to me seems to be one of two, well, two things, the hardest possible sport you can get into and the most focused sport you can get into and fun. Does that make sense? Because to me, it's like, oh, yeah. my gosh, I got to climb a big mountain. I, I need upper body, lower body, endurance. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very liberating in that it completely blanks your mind out. You really can't think about your problems or what's going to – you only think about that next hold, which is kind of neat. And I really do miss it, but, um, you know, it's a young person sport, really, unfortunately. Well, you know, it's not just that 10 foot space you were talking about before, like where all you could think about is that I'm sure with the, with the backcountry skiing and when you're, when you're doing almost quasi adrenaline and you're moving, you only have that certain area to think about. You have to think about what is 10 feet ahead of you. Is that, is that, that must be the liberating part about it. Yeah, for me. And you know, the being out there by yourself, uh, you know, the quiet, And all that with climbing, a lot of that was travel. I mean, that was part of what gave me the travel bug and made me go to places I wouldn't have normally gone. You know, my father was a diplomat, so we got to travel around in places like Europe and stuff. But 
you know, I hadn't really thought that hard about going to, you know, Thailand and Africa and places like that to uh, Australia and climbing took me there. So uh, I got to experience a lot more diversity uh, than I would have otherwise. And a lot of weird people. So a lot of really interesting people, you know, climbers. That is the truth. Every time I see the documentaries about them and stuff like that, climbing seems to be one of those things. Like, so I'm, I'm, I like to be involved with the veteran community and I just started racing. And that means like road racing with like endurance racing, Mustangs. It's almost like it's two and a half, three hours at a, of a spot and you're going for eight hours a day. The whole team does. And while I'm in that car, the only thing, only thing I think about is the 10 feet around me, who's in front of me, who's in the side of me and who's behind me. I don't think about anything else. And I'm thinking, you know, when you're doing these types of activities, like, um, backcountry skiing or skiing in general and rock climbing, that's such a great therapy. Does that kind of feel like therapeutic to you as well? Oh, it always has been. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons I live in Wyoming and even in Granada, Spain, where we have a huge mountains. We're in the Sierras and stuff, and I can go out and do that kind of stuff. I've always been a, a fanatic about the outdoors. Is one of the reasons I moved to Wyoming. Is it's one of the most kind of rugged and beautiful and unpopulated places you could get to. And yeah, I've just had incredible adventures there. I always find it funny because I tell people I grew up in New Jersey and they're like, oh my gosh, you lived in a city. But I like, literally lived like two miles from the Appalachian Trail. So it was like, I love the mountains. I love the outdoors. And getting people out there and getting myself back in there, it's such a great experience to get away from life. And having those two um, very different sides of the world for you must be a really cool experience. Now, Technology-wise, getting to these areas, you know, we have the internet and stuff, but what is your writing process like? Are you, you know, you throw in the old laptop in a bag, you go somewhere and you just chill, or are you behind a desk when you're writing? No, never behind a desk. I mean, the, the great thing about writing for me is that you can do it from anywhere. So, I mean, that's what's made this the greatest job ever. So... I, there are definitely people that do. They, I mean, they have to have their desk and their little, I don't know, mug with their pink bunny on it or whatever. And, and it's all very precise. They got to face north. Um, I've never been like that. I can just open my laptop. And honestly, when I'm writing, kind of everything around me disappears and I kind of become part of the action and become the character and everything. So I don't really have any idea kind of what's going around on around me. So a sofa in a closet would be, you know, fine. Wouldn't make any difference to me. Now writing the thrillers and that's kind of your genre. Do you ever think about just saying, Hey, you know what? I want to go and write something else. I want to do something else. Uh, this yeah. Is yeah. Sure. I mean, I've done it actually. I wrote a book called smoke screen that, I mean, it's kind of a corporate thriller, but you know, it didn't really have anybody shooting at anybody. It was written in the first person and, I'd always wanted to do it, um, and I'd wanted to write that story. So I went ahead and did it. But, you know, I mean, I don't know that it's necessarily the best career move ever because your fans, you know, kind of know you for something that you do. And if you hand them something really different, it can be, you know, kind of shocking. But uh, I've always had fun with that. I've written a lot of very different kinds of books. You ever write op-eds or, or just shorts or novellas? 
Not really. I once wrote a travel piece for uh, the Wall Street Journal, but that's about all I've ever done. I yeah, it's funny. I jumped in when I got into writing. I'd never really done much writing before. You know, it's kind of like what what was the movie with? Is it uh, oh Unforgiven, where the guy's a novelist and he's a writer, and they say what letters and such, and that was me. Yeah, like yeah, it was like letters and such. And then I decided, well, I'm going to write a full length novel, and so that's mostly what I've done. I mean, and even trying to do that op ed, there was a, a travel piece of like a a day I had spent, like this really weird day I had spent in Africa. It's probably 800 words long, and I th- I swear I spent more time <laughs> trying to write that than I did writing half a novel because it just wasn't my thing, you know. Um, so that's what I've become comfortable with. Now, childhood-wise, you know, this is like rapid-fire questions. I'm usually not like this, but I'm trying to trying to think of things that you know nobody else has asked Kyle Mills before. <laughs> Let's see, childhood. What was your first favorite book? Oh, probably the Roald Dahl stuff. I really liked, uh, you know, The Witches and Matilda and Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Dan, you know, was it Danny the Champion of the World? Um, I always, I still like doll cause he's really, really dark. <laughs> I like dark characters, man. And that's <laughs> dark comedy, dark characters. Now let's put Mitch Rapp into one of these dark character, dark scenarios, Mitch Rapp, um, zombie outbreak. And he has to go and he's only got six hours and he's got three different weapons he could pick. One is a Ruger 1022. It's just a little 22 caliber. It's got a thousand rounds. Um, he's got an M4 with a silencer, but he's only got 60 rounds. Or he's got a shotgun with unlimited ammo. But the thing is, sound attracts zombies, and you only really need to do headshots. What weapon do you think Mitch Rapp would take? Geez, so he doesn't have a silencer on the Ruger? Nope. That's that's what kind of he's look, but he's only got 60 ah. rounds with that silencer on the M4. And he's got to, he's got to last for a while. <laughs> oh, gosh, I think I feel like I feel like you go with the M4. The thing with the thing with zombies is they're not that fast. Yeah. So you know mm-hmm. you don't you don't need to just like pl- start plowing through them. You you can. Uh, it's better to run the other way and only use the gun when it's necessary. Because I figure he'd pick up a tire iron there after a while and uh, or a baseball bat, and that'd probably work pretty well too. You know, I never think about it that way. I like that. I'm usually going with the 1022 and just getting up somewhere high and just picking them off because their skull caps aren't that uh, solid anymore. But, you know, they're running and taking, like, you know, pop, pop, and you take off. I like that because everybody. But, you know, I mean, if it's a zombie apocalypse, I mean, it's 325 million of them, right? If you're in the United States. So you got problems. Yeah, you, you were definitely quiet is better. Yeah, you know what? I'd have to go with the M4 in that scenario. <laughs> Mitch Rapp, are we going to see Mitch Rapp against zombies? Zombies is like the thing oh, nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I wrote, a, I like. wrote kind of a zombie book years ago for the Ludlum Estate, and uh, they had hired me to recreate to kind of restart this very sciency um, series. And I'd all, I've always been a huge fan of zombie movies. And I thought, well, I'm going to write this like really hyper-realistic zombie apocalypse thing. And it wasn't really a zombie apocalypse, but uh, it was super fun. Because, you know, I had got to think about 
you know, exactly how it would work and like how not really dead people, but like how you could make a zombie and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, it was, it was, it was really, it was one of the most fun books I ever wrote. Uh, my buddy, Mike Carey, he's a vet too, but he just wrote a, He just did a movie called, uh, the Manson brothers, midnight zombie massacre. It's just a lot of fun. It has like Max Martini <laughs> in it. It's got all sorts of people in there. It's got, uh, like, uh, DB Sweeney and Adrian Pastar, all these like actors all over the place. So fun, man. Zombie movies are it. Um, zombie land is one of my favorite movies too. I don't know if you saw Yeah. That the ones with humor. Yeah, yes. the ones with humor like that are really, really fun. And, you know, it kind of breaks the tension and everything. I like humor in any thriller. You know, I've, write, mm-hmm. I've put a lot of it into the Mitch Rapp books. So, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, Shaun of the Dead, one of my yes. favorite movies of all time. Absolutely. That, that duo, those two together, and like any movie they do is like incredible. Uh Zombieland. They, Woody Harrelson's trying to make a Zombieland three, which I'd love to see. Any, like I said, any, yeah. like you said, anything with zombies and humor or thrillers and humor, it just it makes it takes it to another level. And that's one thing about this uh, Midnight Zombie Massacre movie. It's just funny. I mean, just yeah, I mean, dark funny. I like it. You don't want to take zombies too seriously. Now, when you throw, start throwing in like the World War Z, where they're they're hauling and they're running after you, and you're like, "This isn't fun. <laughs> they're gonna kill you." Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, out. so it's the it's the kind of uh, the age old question: fast zombie or slow zombie? Yeah, I don't like fast zombies. No, they're creepy. I mean, did you see the remake of uh, Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, that's like yeah, and which then was they're like talking super to each creepy other and stuff. Yeah, and they're really fast. Yeah, yeah they, they, I think they had, I think they had, or no, maybe it was, uh, God, what was the black and white one, uh, 28 Days Later? Oh, where yeah. They had, uh, they had like hired athletes, like college athletes to uh-huh. be there, and they were just screaming when they would run. It was terrifying. There was that um, Z Nation, or there's another one, Black Summer, or one of those. There's two different shows uh-huh. out. And are on Netflix, I think. And it's the same way. They get bit and all of a sudden they're up and they're running right after you. You're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> yeah, uh, slow would be better for sure. You know, but I think that kind of takes away from the zombie if they still have some sort of mentality. That's like that army of dead. They were still like some of them were like the alphas and they st- could still think. I'm not a big fan of that. I want them to be see they could be dumb and fast, but they can't be fast and smart because that's just that right. turns into a, like a monster movie. It also, yeah, it it also uh, is always funny how well people can do the headshot, which is actually kind of a trick. Yeah. Particularly if something's moving. Exactly. You know, everybody on on these movies is like jumping through the air with headshots. And that's another thing that's impossible. (laughs) That's where I like to have like an automatic, like, you know, something, uh, Ruger 1022, just spray and pray like a million different rounds. Yeah, Um, exactly. Gatling gun. (laughs) One of those Vulcan guns, like the uh, go back to old school commando, where the guy's literally running around with a Vulcan in the uh, the jungle. <laughs> it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like Predator, right? That's what it is, Predator. Jesse, yeah, Jesse Ventura with the like chain gun, like a mini gun, and he's he's hand holding it. Yeah, he'd have gone like seven hundred feet straight back. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the funny thing is, like, it would literally be like one squeeze and you're out of ammo. 
And yeah, like you got the belt, like 200 meters of belt. Up, I, <laughs> I want to know the 80s. They have no ammo belts. Nobody ever carried ammo. They, it's like uh, Commando, Predator, any of them never had ammo. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> Oh, it's easier that way. Yeah, you got to, you've got to, I mean, you've got, you've got to make some uh, exceptions for, uh, for stuff. Cause I, I think that way always when I watch those movies, I think there's things they could be doing or not, you know, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like, well, why don't you get a car? They're always walking down the middle of the road, right? Oh, and they're gosh, like, well, there are 300 million cars sitting around. Nobody's driving them. Why don't you get one? Get an RV, like a really yeah. sweet one. Million oh, dollar like a, RV, living yeah, in the country. But when they get these <laughs> RVs, they always get like this crappy 1970s one that has a bad alternator. And you're yeah, like, exactly. Come on, there's like, there's 12 <sighs> buses out there. You could grab something. Oh, my oh yeah. I'd get the big Airstream, like sweet, mm-hmm. you know, with all the lights and the Bobby stereo Chilla. system. Yeah, leather. <laughs> and it's got like, you know, a 500 mile range in the gas tanks. It's like, come on. You know, um, speaking of reloads and stuff, I think that's where these, these John Wick's movie, John Wick's movies really got into it. Like he's running around, he's carrying mags everywhere and shotgun bandoliers and, that's a kind of, I think that's why people like, you know, cause we're in like the tactical generations now, like everybody's post-war and everything else. And they know what's going on. You can YouTube everything. You can't get away with the old school, just a thousand rounds out of a Glock. So, uh, I like it. No, and Americans are super knowledgeable about guns. You know, I mean, honestly, if you're the, your European market, they have no idea. You can tell them anything. Um, but, uh, in the United States, if you make a mistake, you get a lot of mail. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can only imagine in the, the thriller genre, genre too. So the book is Vince yeah. Flynn's enemy at the gates a Mitch Ravel, Mitch rap novel by Kyle Mills. It's out now. I'm glad I got to have you back on the show. Look forward to having you back again. We yeah, me too. Another Something. What's going to be next? UFOs and UAPs. Do we believe in them? I think so. I think so. I, think, I, think that's what <laughs> I don't, I don't see. Um, I don't know if Mitch in the in the space force is going to work. Uh, yeah, especially after those new uniforms <laughs> came out. So I don't think uh, it's more Star Trek than space force. But I think our next yeah, conversation. And I, and you know, those uh, space spacecraft do not work well when you start shooting in them. No, uh, <laughs> a hole in the atmospheres. It's not a good thing, <laughs> but, uh, Kyle, I appreciate you coming on, man. And be safe out there and keep writing. And, uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Talk soon.